We're going to end our verses sermon series where we talk about the quoted scripture versus the scripture context about what it really means and what led that that writer to write that would let that person to say that we want to look at that and we've been talking about jeremiah 29 11 we've been talking about i can do all things through christ jesus who gives me strength we were talking about um all things are going to work together for the good so today today i believe I, I believe that this might be i haven't looked it up but i believe that this might be the most the most quoted scripture in the whole the, the most repeated scripture quoted scripture in the bible we go to f- football games and um, you see it painted on people's faces, and you go to um, sporting events, and you see Austin, Steve Austin Stone Cold. Years ago, he had Austin 316 on people on their faces. Not sure why he did that, but it was it was a very very common scripture, um, quoted common scripture. Today, we're going to be looking at John 316. Let's turn to that real quick. John 316 says this: "You know it, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son." That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life, but shall have everlasting life. So let's get right into it. Amen. Because we know we have a ton of things going on and we want to make sure that we can um, take care of everything. Amen. Let's go to verse three in John three. John three, three says this. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. I tell you the truth. Unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. So for those that are here for the first week in this sermon series, what we're doing again is just going, we're going to make our way to John 3.16. But what we want to do is work our way down to John 3.16 to give you not just the understanding of 3.16, but to give you the context of what they're talking about and why they're saying what they're saying. So we're going to start at John 3.3 and read a few more verses before we get to 3.16. So before we discuss the context of 3.16, who was Jesus speaking to when he says, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Who is he talking to? He is speaking to a man named Nicodemus. Who was Nicodemus? He's religious, he's educated, he's influential. He's, he's, he's earnest because he, he comes to Jesus by night, at nighttime. Perhaps Nicodemus came by night because he was timid, or perhaps he came because he didn't want an uninterrupted conversation with Jesus. He goes on in these verses and recognizes simply that Jesus comes from God. You would have to do some things, to, and you have to do some things to get to God. So before we even get into that uh, um, verse, once again, we want to talk about what does being born again mean? What does being born? Here it says, you cannot see God unless you are born again. Can we, can we talk about it a little, about being born again? And how many know that I can't be born again simply be have a regenerated heart just because my family is in church. I can't, I can't, I can't go to heaven simply because I've been in church my entire life. There's one way for me to get to heaven and watch this. That's through Jesus Christ. Being on many ministries won't make, won't get me born again. Being, being able to speak in tongues does not mean I'm born again. 
Uh, feeding the hungry don't mean I'm born again. Reading scripture, praying does not mean I'm born again. But, 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 but I believe a scripture says that many prophesy for me. Ah, many laid hands for, um, for, uh, on those that were sick for me. But he says, away with you. For I never knew you. Can you imagine to be in that pile of people to know that you preached, you prayed, you sung, you labored, but, but after it's all said and done and you're standing before God, God says, away with me, but Lord, I prayed for you. I preached for you. I, 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 and watch this. I healed the sick for you. Because it does not say that I laid hands on people and people were not healed. They still get healed, but I didn't know you. I preached and people got saved off of the message that was coming through me, but I'm not saved myself. I'm helping people come to Christ where I'm not even in Christ myself. The main reason we can't get into heaven because of our works, listen to this, we can't work our way to something that does not have a price tag. Salvation has no value. So I can do all and it still wouldn't be enough. I can do everything I'm supposed to do and it still wouldn't be enough. But can I say something real quick? Because of this great gift that God has given us, I believe that we've come into church so much, so many times looking for blessings, looking for uh, uh, um, um, words from God, looking for the revelations and the mysteries of God. Have we ever taken a time out just to say thank you, Lord, for the gift called salvation that even though I don't deserve it, that when I'm done here, I'm really not done here, that in spite of it all, see, listen, too many people are too deep that they can't wait up in the morning and say Lord I thank you for the gift of salvation I know we're trying to get to the depths of him and trying to figure out the deep parts of him but sometimes we got to come in the building and say Lord I thank you that when I'm done here I'm not done here when it's over here I'm not really over do I got two or three people that's grateful that the Lord gave you salvation to know that after this old wretched world is over I got one more home but why we can't celebrate off of that because we too busy trying to get to the depths of him. We too busy trying to figure out the mysteries of God. And there's nothing wrong with that. But can we be simple for a season? We get so deep that we forget the simplicities. We get so deep that we forget to say, God, I thank you for breath. I thank you for life. I thank you for health. I thank you for strength. So I got two or three people in here at 12.30 on this day that say, Lord, I thank you for waking me up. I ain't got no car, but I thank you for allowing me to be here. I ain't got that much money, but the little bit of money I got, I thank you for. God, I'm going through every which way, but I thank you for the blood that's running through my vein. I thank you. <laughs> I thank you. We get too deep to thank him for the simple things. And watch this. We can't even say the small things. I forgot to thank you for the small things. When did breath get small? When did the heartbeat get small? When did my eyesight get small? When did, when did walking get small? 
How do we label? I don't even think of a small thing. I think breath is a big thing. I think my heartbeat is a big thing. I think walking is a big thing. And we take these things for granted until we ain't got them no more. And we wake up every day saying thank you. Yeah, so, 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 so I just want to talk about how we are not able to be born again. Born again, and we'll talk a little bit about it more. Born again, we're not able to be born again, saved, enter into the kingdom of God. We cannot be born again because we read our Bibles every day. Is that something we need to do? Yes. But that does not mean that we are born again because I'm in my word. Does not mean I'm born again because I'm in church. Does not mean I'm born again because I'm a pastor. Does not mean I'm born again because I'm a deacon. Those things does not make me born again because, again, we are given these things through grace. Salvation comes by grace. Grace is a gift. It's a gift that's given to us even though we don't deserve it. But that's, that, 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 that's, that's being born again. We're going to stay right there at that, at, at that verse. Watch this at that verse. And, 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 and we're going to say, watch this. We don't need renovation, reformation, reorganization. We need rebirth. Say that again, because, because being born again is a simple theological term that simply means regeneration, change. A change, a regeneration of our heart. When our heart is changed, our heart is regenerated, then the life will follow. Give our heart to God from there and he will give you a new birth. Again, we don't need renovation. We don't need reformation. We don't need reorganization. We need rebirth. Okay, pastor, what are you saying? Renovation means keep the house the same, but then plug in new things. No, God is saying I need to take everything out. I need to tear everything down and I need to give you something brand new. The problem is we want renovation. We want to keep some things. We want to keep a little bit of this and a little bit of that because I like that part of my house, but, but, but I need to change this part. No, but, 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 but regeneration is everything got to go. Rebirth, everything has to go. Created me, O oh Lord, a brand new heart, a clean heart. Remove the old ways and put in the new ways. We have to change the way we behave. Change the way we live. Change the way we act. Born again does not mean perfection. Born again does not mean that you will not make mistakes. Born again means that you have accepted Christ into your heart and through the power of the Holy Spirit you are working on certain things of your life you recognize that things gotta get better not that they will be in an instant but you are fighting with flesh and spirit and you are no longer as Ephesians say you are no longer dead in your sins I am not just I'm not just bypassing what I'm doing but every time I do it I feel something called the conviction and I'm praying every night every day every Every morning that the power of the Holy Spirit will just rest on me because without his power, I'm unable to fight this flesh. I'm unable to be free from this. I think a lot of times we consider ourselves born again once again. Because we're in the building. But the question is, if I'm born again, do I look any different than I looked before I was born again? 
Am I different? Do, do, okay, because we will, may say I'm different, but do people say I, you look a little bit different than when they talked to you last year? Because I'm a firm believer when you're born again, you shouldn't look the same. There's a, something about you should be different. Conversation got to be different. How you walking and talking got to be different. I know it's not a Sunday fun day type of message, but I believe that many of us need to check ourselves and say to ourselves, am I, am I, am I different? Am I different from when am I perfect? No, watch this. And not even different in, 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 in more so how I dress, but am I different with how I behave? Am I different with how I treat people? Am I different with how I act? Am I different up here? Because again, and then there is the conviction on the inside. When Jesus Christ went into the tomb, and then after he resurrected, don't have time, but there are three to four different accounts of Jesus Christ walking through Jerusalem, and uh, and three of those accounts, people didn't know who he was. On the Emmaus road, they didn't know who he was. Talking to them in the garden, didn't know who he was. Even the disciples didn't know who he was. Why? Because he went in the tomb looking one way. And when he came out, he didn't look. He wasn't bloody. He wasn't beat. But when he was in the tomb, he got a rebirth. He looked different. How many know when I get around the same people after I go through my transformation, I should look a little bit different. I shouldn't look the same. Does that mean that we holier than thou? No. Does that mean that we are 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 scripture verses at people while we playing basketball? Absolutely not. But what but what does that what that does mean is that my life is a reflection of him. What that does mean is that I'm different now. I'm I'm changed. I'm born again. I, I've given my life to Christ. my behavior is a little bit different and and one aspect of being a new creature once again is making sure that we look a certain way but watch this verse 9 verse 9 verse 9 says this Jesus replied I tell you the truth unless you are born again you cannot see the kingdom of God but verse 9 says this how are these things possible Nicodemus so verse 3 he says born again he says okay and then you read um, 4 through eight, he says, he says a few things, talks about the wind and talk about the air. And then he think demons is still confused. He's a brilliant man. He's a, he's a learned man. He says, how are these things possible? How is this possible? Am I able to go back into my mother's womb and be born again? I'm not understanding about this, this born again thing. I'm not understanding. Nicodemus didn't quite understand what Jesus was saying. He says, how is this possible? How is this possible? And the, and, 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 and the reason can be because being born again is because, because God gave his only begotten son. But I'll get there. But watch this. But Nicodemus is simply saying, how is this possible? I believe that many of us should be asking that same question. How is this possible? And I'm not even talking about the theological term. I'm not even talking about getting that deep. I'm not even talking, I'm not even talking about figuring out the depths of God. I'm talking about because of who I am. I'm talking about because of all that I've done. I'm talking about if you only knew what I put God through, 
How is this possible for me to be able to inherit eternal life in spite of all the sins, in spite of all the heartache, in spite of all the betrayal that I have endured on this earth? How is it possible that God still showed me love and grace? So I got two or three people in here that can say that I put I put my family and God through some mess. But God still say, I still love you. I still love you. I still gave you this gift. So I need to ask myself real quick, how is this possible for me to know who God is and God to give me such a great gift? But you can only realize that when you know that you have been a mess. If you don't know that you've been a mess, then this ain't for you. But for all the real people that know that you've been a mess upon a mess, watch this. For all the real people that know that you got some good, yeah, you got some good, but you also got some bad. And watch this bad, we talk about. But you got some ugly, ugly, ain't nobody going to ever know about your ugly. Your ugly going to the grave with you. Watch this. But God, guess what? Even though you're ugly, you don't know about, but God still knows you're ugly, but yet and still he loved you. How is this possible? Why is this possible? Why will God allow me once again to do all this but still give me this great? Nicodemus said, how is this possible? I believe many of us got to say, God, you love me so much, but I believe it. Let's go to Psalms. Watch this. Let's go to Psalms 103.10. Psalms 103.10 says this. He does not punish us for all the sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve. How many are grateful that I should, it should be so much more done to me than what it is. He says, he says, he says right here, I did not get what I deserve. I did not get that very thing that I deserve. So I got to ask myself, why have you given it to me if I don't deserve it? Because God says, I love you. Anytime I hear about this, sir, that, that I don't, don't deserve phrase, I think about the woman, the issue of blood, who was caught in adultery. But she, they brought her to Jesus, and he still forgave her. I'm actually caught in the very act, but you still let me go. I'm sinning against you, but I'm still living to see another day. <laughs> I'm hurting you, and I'm hurting those that are around me. But God, you still gave me this gift. Again, I think sometimes we get so deep that we don't think that that's a moment, not right now, you don't have to do it, but just a moment to say, God, you deserve it. Watch that, but I don't. The song says you deserve it, but have you ever realized that I don't? I'm not entitled to breath. I'm not entitled for God to wake me up every morning. Some of us think we are entitled to it, but I'm not entitled to it. He don't have to do it, but he still does. And even though I still sometimes walk and live in certain sins, he still say, yes, I'm going to wake you up. So, God, I thank you for the things that's not possible. I thank you for the things that's not possible. So at this time, again, I've got one more point, but every volunteer, we're going to ask you to make your way outside so you can see those who are telling you where to go. It's 45. If you're volunteering for outside, we're going to ask you to go outside so you can see those and give you instructions. Amen. But now we get to the verse of verse 16. Now we get to the verse of verse 16 of, 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 of John three sixteen. It reads this, and you know what it says. So we talked about being born again. What it does not mean, how we cannot be born again. Uh, um, we talked about 
being regenerated. We talked about not just removing things out, but we talked about reformation. We, we don't need reformation. We don't need renovation. We don't need reorganization. We need rebirth. Romans 10, 9 says we didn't go there, but it says if you confess with your mouth, believe in your heart. It, it says, there we go. It says if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God is raised from the dead, what does it say? You will be saved. You will be saved. Now, we can do a whole, a whole sermon series on this verse, and we can talk about, have a sermon series entitled, entitled I'm Born Again. Right, because, because it's different doctrines to what this really mean, and right, because verse 9 says, if you open with them, but, but again, it's time, that's kind of hard to tell people, right? The reason why it's hard to tell people, because we say, well, I said it, I openly declared that Jesus is Lord, but please don't forget this key word where it says believe. I said it, but do you believe it? And then watch this, the very next verse, in verse 10, we don't have. It says that my actions, basically, my actions, my, 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 my actions will dictate, again, my, my heart will dictate my actions. If I really believe, I'm going to show it. If I really believe, I'm going to show what I believe. So stop saying that you believe if you ain't showing what you believe. Eventually, my words will turn into some actions eventually my words should turn into some actions so if you save oh it's going to show so here we go in verse 16 as the kids come back in quietly at verse 16 it says this for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son now remember 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 Nicodemus asked the question follow me how was this possible it's possible because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. How can I be born again? Nicodemus asked because my father gave me. None of this is possible if God didn't give me. Ah. Hopefully those that are that, that, that's listening caught it. So it's okay, because I don't just want to quote it. I want to understand where it's coming from. He's talking to somebody. Did one, did we even know that Jesus was even talking to somebody while saying it? Did we know who he was talking to? I got it this morning, Pastor. He's talking to Nicodemus. Now I understand he's answering a question. How is this possible? Because my father gave me to die on the cross that whoever believes in me should never perish but have everlasting life. So in order for you to get something, God had to give something. Ah, many of us want to get, but we ain't trying to give. Many of us want God to give us, but we ain't trying to give nothing to get. God even knew what the law of reciprocity meant. Ah. Many of us just want to get, but we don't want to give. God is saying right here to ourselves by a show of hands, real quick, even young people alike, who in here want to get something from God? My, my, my. Then we all should be saying, God, I want to get something. What do you want me to give? 
What do you want me to give? It's easy to want to want something. But the problem is, what are you willing to give up to get what? God knew himself. In order for you and I to have everlasting life, he had to give his son. In order for us to have peace, joy, love, hope, he knew himself that I got to be willing to let something go in order for you to get something. My, my, my. If God knew what the reciprocity was, we too more so us. He said, okay, they, they need salvation. They need salvation. What do I do? What do I do? They, I need to give them. Okay, then I got to give somebody away then. I'm asking you this morning, this afternoon, what do you have to let go of? For God so loved. Ain't it a great thing? It says that God so loved the world. The world. Everybody. Everybody, I'm not sure those that are here from the community, those that are here, amen, from different organizations, I'm not sure what your beliefs may be, because watch this, just because you're in the building don't mean you are Christian. Don't mean you're in the building, don't mean that you are a believer of what I'm even preaching. But can I say something to you? If you're not on the screen, if you're not in the building, guess what? He still died for you too. He didn't just die for the Christians. He didn't just die for African-Americans. He died for everybody. He died for the Muslims. He died for the Buddhists. He died for everybody. So no matter, it says for God so loved the world that he gave. That he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever, whosoever believes on him will not perish, but have everlasting life. He's having a conversation with Nicodemus about being born again and what born again is not. It's not because I'm in church, but it's because I asked him to come into my heart. I say, God, I don't just want you to be my savior, but I also want you to be my Lord. I'm going to follow behind you. I'm going to try my very best. Sometimes I'm a stray. Do I got any strayers out there? Got two out there. I'm, I'll be the third one. Four or five. Okay, we got a few people. We got a few people. That says I'm a, I stray sometimes, but 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 because he's my good shepherd, he comes and he and he and, and watch this. He comes and he 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 hard, he hurts me because they said the Bible says that he disciplines those that he loves. So if you ever been a strayer, right? You got hurt out there, and you said, "No, nah, I got to get back in God. I got to get back to God because out there it was so much going on out there." I strayed, I got back. Strayed, I got back. But God, I'm here. This is who I love you. The power of the Holy Spirit got me back on track. Got me back right on track. So what I want to say this morning, I want to say again, welcome to the new life. Welcome to this brand new life that God has given us. Even though you and I don't deserve it. Even though we are not deserving of this new life, we still got it. So I know you're digging deep and finding out the mysteries of God and his, and his understanding and you are, we all theologians in 2022, but every now and again, take some time. Say, God, I thank you for this great gift. Take some time to say, Lord, I thank you for allowing me and when I die here that I will live and reign with you. I thank you for that. Come on, let's give the Lord some praise, everybody.